0: Today, Dottie Rice, a Christian life coach, shares how her walk with God in an intimate, personal, and very deeply transformative way comes at the heels of a Facebook post from their daughter telling them that she is now transgender. Tune in to find out how Dottie's story May relate to your own. Welcome to another episode of the Share Your Stories series. This is a podcast experience where we get to explore humanity one heart at a time. I'm your host, Jenny Diltz, and I'm the founder of Grieving Coach. I help people convert grief into power. As we've faced the pandemic and rising levels of pain and grief, suicide numbers have been on the rise. The pain of those who struggle with suicidal thoughts, as well as those who face the suffering to loss in suicide, are deep and intense. This event is dedicated to all those who have been affected by suicide in life and in death. And if you feel inclined to make a donation to keep events like these going in the future, you can donate through PayPal, and I'll put those in the show notes. This week, we will meet Dottie Rice, a board-certified Christian and identity coach. Dottie is passionate about empowering others to live the life they were created to live. Her passion stems from overcoming personal experience with suicidal thoughts, escape, and self-loathing. Now she creates a safe space for her clients to authentically explore their current reality, which leads to discovering the roadblocks and walls, the recurring themes and stories, the trips, and the traps. They then take those things on in a way that disables their ability to hijack life, dreams, and possibilities. This leads to outcomes like the freedom to live a life of power, passion, and purpose. It results in a transformation that impacts the world. Thank you so much for being with us, Daddy.
1: Thanks for having me, Jenny.
0: Tell us about the work you do as a board-certified Christian and identity coach.
1: Well, um, as a Christian coach, Jenny, I use the biblical framework um, as my come from when I work with with people, pre- predominantly women and typically older adult women, but I can and have worked with people of all ages and men as well and couples too. Mm-hmm. But typically when I'm working with women, I'm um, I'm finding that that we're working on issues where they feel disconnected, discouraged, discounted, uh, disempowered, all the disses, right? Mm-hmm. I'm kind of a dis coach. <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. And so um, what we do in, in our one-to-one sessions, which is what I offer right now is one-to-one, though I'm working on group coaching programs and courses that'll be coming up in the near future. But right now in the one-on-one sessions, we take an honest look and, and make an assessment at current reality. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. A
1: lot of people are in denial about where they really are right now, right? Yeah. So we take a we pull back, we pull back the covers. <laughs> we take a look, okay? Mm-hmm. We take a look behind the curtain, what's really back there. We open the fridge, we undo the the Tupperware is like, what is that? Okay. We take a look at everything that seems to be stopping them, all the places that they feel these disconnected feelings and discouragements and, and where they feel discounted, devalued and things like that. And where they really feel discounted and um, through storytelling and reflection, we start identifying and uncovering really discovering because it's not something that, that they're even, it's even on their radar in any way. So they're really starting to discover what's under that. Okay, how are these, Um, Where are these feelings coming from? What's under the feeling? What's the resistance to breaking through those feelings? The things that are causing them to go around the mountain for the umpteenth millionth time Mm -hmm. or wandering aimlessly through some desert somewhere or running into walls that they continue to run into, having the same arguments they continue to have or uh, continuing to have the same unhealthy boundaries within their relationships that they continue to have. Uh, the inability to say no, for example, Mm -hmm. Um, right? That's huge for, especially for women and especially for moms, (laughs) okay? Yeah, I get that. (laughs) I'm sure you do, okay? So in in going through the story, going through and reflecting and where that stems from, just kind of, if you're thinking about we're in a car and we're driving forward, we're looking through the, the front windshield, Right. It's not like counseling where we look at the rearview mirror and we drive backwards to the event. What we do instead is we continue looking forward through the windshield and we glimpse like we drive now at the side mirrors and the rear view mirror, we take mm-hmm. glimpses back as necessary to calibrate where we are and the reality of where we are. So we know what we can do, what we need to do, how we need to take evasive action, etc. cetera. Who's mm-hmm. driving next to us? Who's coming up really fast? You know, what car is stopping in front of us? So we need to be aware of all of this. the 360 kind of a look. Whereas if we were um, just looking in the rear view mirror and trying to drive forward, what would happen? Yeah, it, not so pretty. <laughs> not so pretty, big crash. So we we don't wanna crash. We wanna keep looking forward to um, not just where, where they are now but where they want to go. And then we take these little glimpses back and look at how the past conversations that, that they've held on to and the things they've made up about themselves in those scenarios, how those have kind of stuck to their souls and become even like a part of their identity. So it's almost like they're living disingenuously as well. There's another dis word. And so they're living disingenuously because they're living from a place of false identity. Mm-hmm. And we all do this because we all make stories up about what's happening around us as we're growing up. Because yeah. we don't have any other frame of reference. Every, every home that we are growing up in, no matter where we come from, that's normal. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like saying uh, to somebody who has, who's a, an only child, what's it like having three brothers and four sisters? <laughs> I don't know. Cause I don't have a frame of reference for that. So, right. so we, we take a look at their frame of reference for their normal and what they made up about themselves in that normal setting. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And through the coaching process and uncovering, discovering, And reframing these things, we're able to to find out where the resistance is, what's the fear under that resistance, and what's the lie that's feeding that fear. And once we discover that core lie, that core belief, where it came from, then we're able to, to apply the biblical principle of truth. Okay. Not Mm -hmm. my truth, your truth, somebody else's truth. That's just opinion. We're talking capital T truth. Mm -hmm. Okay. What does Mm -hmm. the Bible say? What does God say about you? Yeah. So we take a look at these things. Is that really true? What is the truth? Capital T truth. And we start applying that not just to then for healing, but to now for empowerment. Awesome. Right. So this is this is what we do. And as a result of doing this work, there's a deeper, greater, not just deeper, wider connection, almost like a root system going down, getting deeper connected into what is our grounding material, like Mm -hmm. the big mesquite tree I have in my front yard. No doubt it's going through all my plumbing, too, but (laughs) beside the point. Right it's like that root system that starts to not be as shallow roots that every wind and wave that comes by knocks us over and stops us yes. resistance right mm-hmm. resistance not that but our roots start going down deeper we get rooted we get grounded right we get rooted and grounded in truth get rooted and grounded in love and we start that starts spreading out making us more stable more firm it becomes a firm foundation where we've been operating from a faulty one yeah so we rebuild we we take out the old crumbly foundation we put in new found i'm using a lot of metaphors here i know (laughs) i think it's fantastic right i do word pictures this is how my brain works Uh right and I think it's how a lot of people's brains work. So we do this and we build from that with the biblical framework because that's the safest, most secure frame that we can use. Because if anybody knows us, it's the one who created us, mm-hmm. right? I'm not yeah. going to go to the to um, some Harley dealership to talk about my Ford Flex. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go to the right. Ford because they've got the manual from the manufacturer, right? Mm, So we go to the manual from our manufacturer, the Bible, right? To go Mm. God's manual for us. And we take those biblical truths and we apply them to our lives today, yesterday, so that we can face tomorrow with more power, more deeper connection in that relation vertically, that relationship, because that's always got to be first. If you do this first, everything else falls into place. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do. And then encouragement comes in our horizontal relationships. And we start value because we're living from a place that God already says we're valued, but everybody else thinks about me as irrelevant. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Audience of one. Him. Right. Yeah. And we're empowered to move forward and to make the impact that we're put on this earth to make from the true identity that he created us with. And this is the work that I absolutely love because I saw the transformation in my own life begin four years ago on the heels of it horrible disappointment and tragedy and life turns upside down and stuff that destroys people, marriages and families. Right. Yeah. Okay. And instead of curling up in a ball and crying and, um, you know, both of us just going to our own corners and dealing with it our own ways, I pressed into God. Okay. I went, I went to war with it and decided this, no, <laughs> just no, this is not going to end everything that I know in life. And and I want to know the truth and I want to be empowered. And so I pressed into the only one who I could go to who had any kind of understanding about what the heck just happened here. Yeah. And he met me in a way that that changed everything. And so today, the Dottie you see before you today, Jenny, is not the Dottie I was four years ago. It's not the Dottie I was three years ago, two years mm. ago. Because mm-hmm. it's a, it's a continual process. It's in, in today's terminology, it would be called an evolution. Okay. Yeah. It was a revolution evolution. <laughs> okay. That's all awesome. right. Yeah. So this is something that happened in my own life. So I have firsthand experience and knowledge of this that I bring to bear in the coaching room. Okay. Virtual room in this, in uh-huh. this day right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it not only impacted my life and changed everything about me, who I know I am now, where I didn't know it before. Uh-huh. And my authority, my strength from being a painful introvert, I'm not that anymore. Okay? Mm-hmm. I would never do anything like this. I would be terrified to do anything like this. Tongue-tied to do anything like this. No, yeah, Not anymore. But it didn't just transform my life and my relationship with Christ and everything that he's calling me to do started opening up gangbusters, especially this year. Mm -hmm. And it didn't just do that for me. I was married 28 years at that point. And just barely tolerating and surviving it. Okay. There was no hope that my marriage would be anything like what I really wanted it to be, what I thought it would always be. That was never going to be the case. I was devalued, you know, and all this, my husband just, no, it changed him. (laughs) It started to impact him. When I changed, it's like dancing. If we're dancing with somebody And when you're married, you know, you're dancing very closely because you're one now, right? Uh You're dancing with somebody that you're one with and you all of a sudden change the dance. Something's got to give either. They're going to start going along with the dance you're dancing, or they're going to keep trying to pull you back into the old dysfunctional, ugly, mean, nasty, you know, just non-life giving dance, or they're going to run. All right. The grace of God. That's all I can account it to is the grace of God my husband started shifting it took him a minute but he started shifting and he started dancing the same dance and now I not only love deeply and it's a mutual thing we not only love each other deeply Uh we like each other
0: (laughs) those are not (laughs) often those are not always the same thing
1: (laughs) No, all those Facebook posts. Oh, I married my best friend. I'm like, liar. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> you know, yeah, and why yeah. don't I have that? You know, but no, it's not that. Um, it really can be a thing. And I never knew that it could be a thing for me because of where I was living it from. Mm-hmm. And now that I let the Lord change me and transform me into who he says I am and live in that place and from that place in authority Without excuse, I don't need to make an excuse. This is who God created me to be. It's okay. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. a good thing. The ones who can't take that, they left and that's okay. They have that, that's their choice. And the ones who embrace the the authenticity because we all really crave it, whether we know it or not, they're the ones who pressed in. And those are the ones whose lives are starting to change all around me, including my husband, including my marriage. 32 plus years married now, my husband gave me the best compliment, um, what, a month and a half ago now, probably a month and a half ago, said the three most beautiful words to me ever, and no, they weren't, I love you, they were, you're really smart. (laughs) Awesome, right? Before that, everything out of my mouth was like not right before that, but twenty-eight years at least, everything out of my mouth was like, "Man, you think you're better than me," and all this other stuff from his own insecurity because he's got stuff playing in the background too. Yeah, right, right, yeah, absolutely. So, oh, um, so anyway, this is why I do what I do, and this is what happens as a result of what I do—not just in my life, but in the lives of the women that I come alongside. And even when I wasn't just working with women in the lives of the people I've come alongside from this place,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: everything changes and not just, we notice it, our own children mentioned it. Other people, um, sisters have mentioned it. People we grew up with mentioned it, you know, other people who've known us for a long time have mentioned. So it's not just something that we, you know, our little secret. No, no. No, no, this is on full display for all to see.
0: That's a beautiful transition.
1: I a beautiful love
0: transformation.
1: That. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So greater confidence, deeper connections, healthier boundaries, encouragement, authenticity, value and worth that spreads out like wildfire and mm. inspires other people to, to be the same, right? It, you become a safe place. Yeah. Yeah. That's I love amazing. it. Yeah.
0: So I'm curious, what was that event that caused the shift?
1: Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's a socially charged event, <laughs> is what that is. But um, I know that I'm being called to share it, and um, so I will. I'll just share it. Uh, my daughter, when she was uh, 20, uh, now I can't even remember how old she is. Um, she's 26 now, so... When she was 21 then, I guess, 22. Uh, she came out on Facebook as, um, amongst other things, uh, transgender, but there were mm-hmm. other things too, um, other sexually deviant stuff um, that came out. Mm-hmm. And being nothing, nothing on the radar about her is masculine, nothing nothing, not one single thing. Mm -hmm. She, her personality is pretty much like mine, except she's, she's always been a little more intro or extroverted than I, um, yeah. So being raised in a Christian home and having taught Sunday school and, and seeking God and wanting to have that relationship and, and then to read it on Facebook for all the world to see it was, it was, Yeah, it was, it was really, really difficult. Um, It hit my husband in a, in a different way than it hit me Mm -hmm. for a number of reasons. One, because he's a man Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and that was, that's his little girl. Um, And they have a very, they're very alike. She and my husband are very alike and they had a very, close relationship they would they would go on walks together they would um talk and and you know shuck and jive together you know just Mm -hmm. get all goofy together and stuff and and she and i have always had a very good relationship too hanging out with each other all kinds of crazy inside jokes with each other just the sense of humor in this home was is off the charts And um, so we've always enjoyed doing things, going rummaging with each other, going out to lunch, going out to dinner, doing breakfast, doing other things. Just sitting, we we could sit down and watch a, a recorded show on the DVR that's like an hour long show and it would take us three hours to get through it because we kept pausing it because we're having other conversation and it would almost always be turning towards some kind of a spiritual concept yeah. that we'd be talking about. Um, so this is the relationship that we've always had. And so it was, it, it, it blew us up for a fair minute. It blew my husband up a whole lot more than it blew me up. And and I think in part because, like I said, he's he was her daddy. And for another reason, I think because the Lord had been preparing me. He'd been preparing me um, when I was coaching um, just, just several, not even several, a few months before I was coaching a gal through church on a volunteer basis. And she had come to us for help navigating how to be in relationship with her adult daughter who had identified as transgender mm-hmm. and who was taking cross sex hormones and growing a beard and living with her girlfriend and raising her little 2 year old
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i was i'd never done that before <laughs> you know but i was the one that the lord assigned to this to this beautiful woman Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I'm walking alongside her walking alongside her daughter in, in a stand that's contrary to what the world says we should do. What the world says we should do is embrace and accept everything. And that's not biblical. What's biblical is, is embrace and love that person because Jesus loves that person and stand against the lie that, that is destructive to them. And certainly we're all created in the image of God. And he knew what he was doing and he didn't make a mistake making my daughter a girl. But she started hanging out with people who were telling her that she was really born a boy and that they cut off her penis and all this stuff in the hospital. I'm like, wait a minute. She brought this to me. I'm like, no, no, I got pictures. And (laughs) and we had lost two babies before her. So uh, you can you can bet your bottom dollar that as soon as she came out, we were checking every crack and crevice and making sure everything was there multiple times because we want to make sure she's okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, there, there was a, yeah, but what a lot of people don't realize is that there, there's a undercurrent of, of pain and wounding in most cases that, that precipitates that kind of thought process or decision, and there there are some things in her background, some abuses that happened from boys in high school that I didn't find out about until it was already done—rapes and things like that—and mm-hmm. and, and um, sexual, verbal, and other physical and relational, emotional abuse by another boyfriend. And she never heeded our our warnings to not engage in these in these relationships, but we don't know what to do. How do you stop something that's already happening when they're, you know, under your roof because you don't want to drive them away. So we didn't know what to do. And we did what we thought was the best we could do was love her in the situation, bring the kid in. We didn't know she was at that time being raped. Um, But what we did know was if there was any safe place, it was going to be here. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. But I didn't know though the rule was if when I take you over to his house, his parents must be there. You must be in the same living area and not up in his bedroom. And all the parents and everybody was on board with that. So I'm hearing, yes, their parents are home and all this, and only to find out, no. That wasn't the case. So I was being lied to mm-hmm. because she wanted what she wanted, and that's what we do. We want to do what we want to do. So sometimes yeah. we but there was pain and abuse that happened long before any of this happened. And there are probably some other issues. Um, but be that as it may, that's what precipitated my my press into Christ at a level I never had before. Mm, and yeah. so where my non-existent quiet time and devotional time and Bible reading and prayer time um, it turned into literally, Jenny, two, three, four hours in my backyard in prayer, in uh, weeping and crying out in spiritual warfare, in in searching the Scripture and listening to God, and and every all of that, right? And mm-hmm. in in that where I got knocked upside the head with a two by four and ended up my face down in a valley and waking up. What have, how did I even get here? Right. Yeah. When that happened, all I wanted was to get out. All I wanted was to get out of this, get out of this. And I'm scrambling and I'm trying, I'm reaching for every human resource I can reach for. And there was nothing There was nothing. I fell through the the cracks at my own church where I had been in service for seven years in the care ministry, (laughs) okay? Mm. No resource, no help, no body, all right? And where at first I was so upset about that and just knew I needed that. What I have come to realize in retrospect is that's exactly what needed to happen so that I could have the experience of finding myself in that valley, as I found my Lord in that valley, because he's not just the Lord of the mountain. He's the Lord of the valley, and he's the one who knows the way through.
2: Yeah. And
1: so he revealed himself to me in a way that, <laughs> unshakable, un- unbreakable faith, hope, belief, and I can't, I can't go back. And so with that, I want, I want him to use all of this, right? Everything mm-hmm. that I've been through from childhood to even whatever's coming next. Cause I don't know what that is either, but he knows, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All of this. I want him to use all of this. Right. And so this is why I do what I do because there are people out there and, and this is part of my call that I know is, is really real is to stand and stand up, speak up, show up. And great Christian love for those other parents who are struggling, who are thinking that their only choice is to is to bow down and conform to what the world says is the right thing to do, which does not serve their child because it's not from a place of truth. And it's really not love. It's fear.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's fear and the guilt and the shame that goes along with with being a Christian parent of any kind of prodigal um, is very real. And other parents need um. Need to know that it's real and you need to know that there's a way through where you can you can see where you end and your adult child begins
2: and yes. live in
1: that place and love from that place. And I love your picture behind you, that lighthouse, because that's exactly who God told me I am, my husband and me. Lighthouses, we're not meant to go out into the raging sea and save our children. We're meant to be lighthouses and reflect the love of Christ so that when they're finally at the end of themselves and realize that the only way that they can get through another day is get right with God and come home hey, here's the light, come back to the safe harbor,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Come back to the safe harbor and find out who you really are because He's the one who knows, not you. Yeah. He gets to say, not you. And so when I was counseling or coaching that one lady, I had no idea that 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 would be my fate as well until I had a suspicion um, when the Lord told me after or during one of our sessions. I can't remember if it was during or after. And he said, get ready. And I said, please, God, no. And he said, get ready. Wow. it was some months later that, that this Facebook post came and it's like, okay. All right. And um, so he knew what was coming because he knows the end from the beginning. So Mm -hmm. he knows it all and he knew exactly how we were to get through it. And he knew that um, the right timing for it too. So here we are.
0: Yeah. I I keep reflecting on what you said that that experience you would not be the person that you would that you are today without that experience
1: no I wouldn't and I thanked my daughter because we stayed in contact there was she she was extremely angry at that moment but because I came to God with it and let him show me how to approach her I just showed up as love Mm
2: -hmm. you know
1: I showed up as love and truth because even though she wanted me to call her, and wanted everybody to call her by this male name, I had to tell her we can't because to us it's lying. OK, mm-hmm. but you could you could be Mussolini and we would still love you. You could be Hitler and we would still love you mm-hmm. because you're our daughter. You're our child. And so we love you and we want the very best for you. And We're not going anywhere. Yeah, we aren't going anywhere. And so we stayed right where we are. And she came to us. And she kept coming back to us. And we kept having relationship. And so she would come over, we would go out, we would hang out. We and during that three hour, that one hour, three hour. (laughs) The show that we watched was during that time. Right.
0: Okay. Uh And we
1: continued to talk about spiritual things. And she continued to ask questions. And I continued to bring spiritual truths forward and love her and not conform to what the world says is the right way to deal with it. Now, she would call me to come help her with her anxiety. Would you come, come over? And this is even after she stopped calling me mom. And stop calling her father, dad. She calls somebody else, mom and dad. And don't think that didn't hurt.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But she would, I was still the one she was calling <laughs> to, to calm her, to soothe her, to comfort her, to nurture her, to help her, to That's be beautiful. her mother. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it wasn't until after several months of her taking the, the uh, testosterone, that uh, she finally cut off all contact. Um, And I think for a couple of reasons, she thinks for one reason, um, but I believe that it's because God wanted to protect us from what she's doing to herself because it really is its one of the most heartbreaking Mm -hmm. things to see. But God is in control no matter what it looks like.
2: Yeah,
1: and we continue every single day to pray for her to pray for our other child and our daughter-in-law and we continue to put them on the altar because that's the safest place for them we are not their god we are not their their um holy spirit and you know what the lord showed me in one of my times when i was crying out to him um probably about a year after all this went down mm-hmm. Um. He showed me that my children had been idled. He he showed me many idols. <laughs> okay. But um he just asked me, Will you let will you will you give her to me? Will you give her to me?
0: Yeah.
1: And I said yes. And I noticed that my hands were still a death grip on the backyard chair. And he, he said, Will you really give her to me? <laughs> and uh-huh. I had to let go, palms up, and I said yes. Yes. I give her to you. She's yours anyway. She always was yours. I give her back to you. She's not mine. And if anybody loves her more than me, it's going to be him.
2: Yeah.
1: As a matter of fact, he's probably the only one that loves her more than me. Okay. So a lot of grief there. And um, you know when you're talking with uh, about suicidality, and I know in our conversation before we scheduled this interview, we had touched on this a little bit too, not only the suicidality and the ideation I had from my childhood, but also how this this almost feels like uh, like a living suicide situation with my daughter because she has effectively suicided who she, who we've always known her to be, who God created her to be, who she is, all the way back to changing her name from birth, all the way back to changing her parentage to some other parents, because they, they will confirm that she is this male person. Um Yeah, there's a lot of grief associated with that and a lot of loss. And the the truth of the matter is I can run into her anytime because she still lives in town.
2: Mm.
1: You know, so it's 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 as though and she had even said, you know, I'm right here. It's not like I killed myself. It's not like I'm dead. And it's like, well, you know, kind of is because you're telling me you're not who you are, you know, and then you keep taking these steps to further annihilate that person. Mm you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So a lot of impact there, a lot of grief there.
2: And there's a, way
1: there's a way through it. And the only way that I know through it, and I, I don't even know how people do it without God, but the only way through it for me is Christ.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: It's the only way, because that's the only place I can find the hope in it. And I can see that, that um, he, he can use all of that too. And what an amazing thing. And this is my prayer is that, that she would come come to her senses come out of the lifestyle like so many have realizing that that didn't fix what was hurting that didn't fill the void that's that's in there and that didn't you know validate or make them safer from their abuser right that didn't validate right. their worth all it did was take them farther down a road that caused them more pain and especially mm-hmm. as they as they start doing the physical transformations now, um, I can totally, totally envision in my prayers that, that she comes out of this, and that we partner together in a ministry that that is more holistic, and not just reaching out to parents and family members impacted, and giving them kind of a survival guide as they find themselves, you know, waking up in the valley after being smacked in the head, uh-huh. like we're right. Um, but also the people who are struggling because our hearts are huge for them too. Yeah. Uh, the, the pain they must be going through. Oh my gosh, I can't I can't imagine a little bit because I'd had a little bit of that that identity issue with myself, you know, way back when in my late teens as well, where I'm like, men just keep hurting me. Maybe I should just be a lesbian. And that was for a minute. For a minute, I'm like, I, you know, maybe and maybe this person is like yeah no no that's not really it because everybody hurts everybody (laughs) that's the Mm -hmm. thing
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and the problem wasn't them it was me and what I was allowing and tolerating and and attracting and yeah the lie I was living from is that I wasn't worth anything better than that which is the same lie she was living from when she allowed the men to abuse her yeah yeah
0: How has the decision to let the Lord have your daughter helped you?
1: Oh, let me count the ways, right? You know, it's like, it's like trying to carry an entire house full of furniture and everything it's like trying to pick it all up and carry it on my shoulders i'm not made for that i can't handle that Mm -hmm. and it will if i can ever even pick it up it will crush me and even in the trying to pick it up it's exhausting Mm -hmm. it totally saps every every little bit of energy and it's it's, so it's kind of like that for me just like anything I try to carry or anything I try to do, that's really his job. He says his 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 yoke is easy and his burden is light. So if I'm finding myself straining in some area, then it's a beautiful opportunity to, to sit down and get with the Lord and say, okay, what am I holding on to? What am I trying to pick up? What am I carrying that's really yours?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And because he loves me, he shows me what that is. And gives me the opportunity to choose to let him carry it. Now, do I pick it back up again? Or do I try to wrestle <laughs> with it again? Of course I do. And he's gracious and kind and slow to anger. Yeah. <laughs> Abounding in loving kindness. Yeah, okay? yeah. And he knows that I'm just dust and I'm going to blow it. And, the, and his mercy is new every day. And his mercy endures forever. And all of that. Okay. So it has it has meant the world to me to see. It was life-changing to see how I have held, how I had, not have, had held my title as um, mother, my title as Christian, my Mm -hmm. title as Christian mother, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and my children individually as idols you know and this is this is all a foothold for the enemy because he can use every single one of those to take me down which is what he's been trying to do mm-hmm. he can use every single one of those to get into me with shame and guilt and regret and you know shoulda woulda coulda and if onlys and what ifs and all those things that really are just other other lies because what her decisions are what what's happening around me is, is not about me. Does it impact me? Yes.
0: Yeah. I had
1: some influence on it probably, but is it my fault? No, it's called choice. Mm
2: -hmm. We all have
1: it. We all have it. We all make it. And as I explained to her, you know, when, when she and I have had our conversations Look, I love you. No matter what you, where you are, what you've done, just know, no matter where, how far you go, it's never too late to turn around.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Never too late to turn around. There's always a way back. And and I'm not going to hold anything against you. And I'm not going to say, "See, I told you so." You will never hear those words out of my mouth. If you come back to my house, it's going to be all open arms. And where have you been? And I've missed you so much. What can I do to help you now? That's always what it's going to be.
0: That's beautiful.
1: Always. There's no, I told you so. There's no guilt, no shame, no remorse. And everything that that has come up as guilt and shame and remorse for me, I keep having to give, because it keeps coming up, because the enemy, he's relentless. He's got nothing but time. Well, mm-hmm. okay, his time's short, but <laughs> that's a whole other story um, for a whole other broadcast. But um, he knows. The way into me is through my family. He knows it. I know he knows it. And he's not creative. (laughs) He keeps using the same stuff over and over again. So I get to develop strategies. And my strategy right now, always first is to say, wait, this is not from God because God's not going to do this. He'll convict my heart to turn it to him, but he's not going to guilt and shame me. That's Uh from the devil. He's not going to fill me full of remorse and shoulda, woulda, couldas, and what ifs that's chaotic. And he's not a God of chaos. He's a God of order. Mm -hmm. He's a God of peace. He's not going to stir me up to get me all fretting. He's a God of peace. He's the Prince of peace. Mm -hmm. So if this is what I'm feeling, I need to give that over to God and let him carry that because that's not me. And I need to tell the enemy of my soul, trying to devour me and kill me and steal everything that, that God wants for me, including my family, including our destiny, including our spiritual inheritance. I get to tell him to go pound sand and go talk to Jesus because he already paid the price for me.
2: Mm-hmm. And he already
1: forgave me. So as far as the East is from the West, so far as my, are my sins forgiven. And so, so as he's dumped all this into the sea of forgetfulness, he doesn't even remember him. <laughs> why should I, why do I keep reading? He's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Uh huh. For that, what are you talking about? You know, but the enemy keeps coming back with this stuff, and I keep having to go, Okay, that's not from God. I give that back to God. I've been forgiven, talk to him, talk to the complaint department (laughs) because I've already done my bit. That's not mine to carry. He already carried it. Mm, Yeah, I don't have to carry it. So there's huge peace as a result. The outcome is peace, and peace not just for peace's sake, but peace for reflection okay because people are drawn to peace mm-hmm. right we don't we're not drawn to people who are running ah, you know freaking out all the time we're drawn to people who have a peaceful countenance
2: yeah
1: right and I don't have self-confidence I have God confidence because in myself I really can't do anything I can't even do this okay I had to pray <laughs> God help me Jeez, oh. <laughs> God, I don't know what I'm doing here okay <laughs> No, I, know what to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but he knows, he knows exactly the way through. And so I can confidently step forward where he's leading. And if I'm not supposed to be there, he'll make it known. And I can just step back and go, okay, not that way. Let's go this way. <laughs> uh-huh. you know? The Bible actually says that he's behind us. And as we're going forward, he'll tell us which way to go to the right or to the left. Right. So he comes behind us and leads us, telling us which way. And he also goes before us, like a like a vanguard, and clears the way for us. And he's always on, also on either side, hemming us in. He's always, uh, he's also like the shade on our right hand. So he's that close that he's casting shade on us, right? And he's also the victorious warrior right here in our midst. So okay. So sometimes yes. my part is just to stand here and watch and see what he will do and just trust. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says when we trust, the man who puts his trust in him, he keeps his mind in perfect peace. So I'm really in a peaceful place, which really marvels some, some friends and relatives. Oh, you must be so worried and so this. And it's like, I'm really not. Oh, you must be, you must be. No, I'm and and mm-hmm. so. I don't I, I can't muster up worry. I can't even muster it. <laughs> it's, it's I've never had anything like that happen before in my life. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway.
0: So you've talked a lot about the peace. How does that help you with the grief of um because that's a big that's a big part of it too?
1: Oh yes. Oh yes. And and Jesus grieved, God mm-hmm. grieved. The Bible talks about all kinds of prophets who grieved. Um, Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. Okay, so grief is not something to be um, ashamed of or even avoided. What it is, it's a normal, natural response to pain. And grief, though there is there is a way through it. Okay, mm-hmm. it's yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It's not yea though I walk and sit down and have a picnic and lament and sit there for ages and ages and ages on end and die there. <laughs> no, that's not the it's walk through. Okay, yeah. and. And there are lots of kinds of uh, things to grieve from, lots of losses that we grieve from through, you know, throughout our lives. Death is just one, estrangement is just one, um, isolation, abandonment, rejection, those are just a few, but there are other losses too. Uh, loss of health, loss of hair. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's something I'm dealing with, mm-hmm. right? Um, loss of vitality, loss of energy, loss of hopes and dreams, loss of um, all kinds of a uh, loss of job, you know, mm-hmm. loss of different kinds of relationships that we've been in throughout the years, a friendship or, or, you know, um, a mentorship or a church that you've been going to that implodes upon itself, or you suddenly find you really don't have anything in common with their, where they're headed. So you're being led in a different direction. There can still be a grief out of that Mm -hmm. loss. And so the peace component, how that helps is it, it, it just provides opportunity to keep moving forward, to walk through the valley. Yeah. Within standing and being mucked and mired in some kind of sludgy marshland of it, it, the moors. It's not the moors. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no quicksand here. Okay. It's just a valley. There there are gullies and you know dips and all that. But there there are higher points of a valley too. If you take a look at any valley, you're going to find that. And then on the other end of the valley, there's a mountain. Okay. So there's a way through. I have yet to find a valley that there's not some kind of elevated, you know, some kind of incline that comes at the end of it. Otherwise, why would it be called a valley? Exactly. Right.
0: Yeah. So that's
1: I, that's how I see peace as as a pathway. And as a matter of fact, part of the armor of God, one of the components is the shoes of peace
2: mm-hmm.
1: to walk and the shoes of peace because it's armor these particular shoes have have like cleats because the roman soldiers they would slip and slide if they just had these flat sandals on because it's a bloody battlefield or if it's inclement weather or whatever or you got a rocky surface or some kind of scree or whatever it's slippery they had actual like cleats on the on the bottoms on the soles of their battle sandals right mm-hmm. so they wouldn't slip in the mud and the muck and all the other uncertain terrain but they could walk forward in those shoes and these are the kinds of shoes that I envision as my shoes of peace because I'm walking through all kinds of terrain including a bloody battlefield as a matter of all of life is a battlefield and I learned a long time ago don't go to battle wearing a sundress and flip-flops okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) you gotta get your armor on my husband Mm -hmm. and I do this as a result of this transformation, we pray together every single day, every single morning, except for weekends. I don't know why that is, but I'll look at that. But anyway, <laughs> every single weekday, we, sit, we literally have a visiting time. We talk, we visit, talk about the books we're reading and the insights we're getting, talk about whatever's going on in the culture. And we talk about what we're reading in the word and we pray. And one of the things we do when I close this in prayer is we put on the armor of God, the full armor of God,
2: mm-hmm. part
1: of which is the, the shoes of the peace of Christ. So yeah. we can walk forward in peace.
2: That's
0: amazing. And this this transformation came as a result of yes. that Facebook post.
1: Yes. Yes, it absolutely did. And I told my daughter multiple times, I am thankful for all that you have Been going through because of how it's impacted my life. And she saw it and she mentioned, You are different. Dad is different. Your marriage is different. Okay. So it's not some imaginary, you know, temporary fly by night, whatever. No, it is transformation. Mm -hmm. And it happened because of this pain, this grievous, heartrending, heart-wrenching gut punch smack in the head with a two by four trip down to the bottom of a valley experience Mm -hmm. and if we look if we start shifting our perspective which is one of my major themes in coaching is coming aloft getting a different perspective because when we're faced face up against a tree, we can't see the forest, right? We need to get some altitude. Right. And watching Bear Grylls, when the kids were younger, we'd watch, you know, Wild Man or whatever. I, I can't remember what it's called, but whatever it was. Um, anyway, we'd watch him and he would always say, you know, one of the first things to do is get your bearings. So get to a high point and get your bearings. And this is the first step in the survival guide, it's so a thrival guide I'm creating for parents of prodigals. Right? It's that first step is get your bearings. Mm. Okay. You're here, you are, get to a higher point and get some perspective. And this is the first step in every coaching experience that I have with people. Let's get your bearings.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, how do you walk me through how you help someone get their bearings?
1: Mm. Okay. Well, a lot of it is storytelling everybody likes to tell their story and everybody should tell their story because we need to get it out. And when we get it out, we actually start hearing the story for the first time.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so we're impacting our brain as well. And our brain is processing it in a different way, in an auditory way, which mm-hmm. touches all different centers of the brain. Right. So we're looking at it. Sometimes I will even have them write certain things out. Right. Right. So, in a journaling exercise, or in a letter, or something along that line, to kind of give them a little bit more perspective and get them a little higher over the situation that they're in, mm-hmm. so they can get a little clarity of where they really are and what they really are seeing, rather than just what they're feeling about it.
0: Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it does.
1: Yeah, so that's always that's always going to be kind of a first step. I want to hear the story. Let's do the story. What's your story? Why are you here? What do you want? Why haven't you gotten there yet? What have you tried? Those kinds of things,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? And then we start unpacking uh, unpacking where they got stuck and the story behind where they got stuck,
2: mm-hmm. what they believed
1: about themselves when they got stuck, or why, what they believed about themselves if they were to get unstuck, which kept them stuck. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then we, like I say, we started unpacking. I call it like a, a three-layer um, crap brownie. Is kind of how I refer to it. <laughs> okay, so because you've got the resistance, and under that you've got this fear that's holding it up, and then under that you got this 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 lie, right? So it's like this three-layer. It looks great because that's what you keep using. You keep eating it, right? Because uh-huh but it's not good for you it's really kind of crappy so yeah, if you thought really yeah. for what it was this is where we start making a different choice because we start seeing it for what it is it really is a stinky crap brownie with the flies buzzing all around it uh-huh. i don't want to eat that i don't want to, i don't want that anywhere near me i want to make a different choice okay so this is where we start constructing our own healthier version of that and it's based on truth right
0: yeah, yeah.
1: empowerment results Okay. Nice. So that's how that works. And it's going to be different for everybody. It depends a lot on how um, people's learning styles as well.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So we're not gingerbread people. Okay. I love the organic process with a little bit of structure here and there. Right. Um, Kind of like um, mile post markers, if you will. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: All right. But most of my coaching is organic. So much like this interview, it's very organic. You had a a series of questions that were kind of scripted, but we've, we've gone off script pretty (laughs) good and it's, and it's been, it's been enlightening and it's been, it's been exciting. Right.
2: Mm.
1: And it's, I don't know about you, but I've got a big energy boost just talking about these things. Right. So I'm seeing energy coming from you, so I'm assuming, all right? And this is what happens in the coaching. When we start recreating, reframing, rephrasing, and and even the past, even the past can be re-experienced in a reframed way. It's it's almost like we rewrite the past, okay? And this is what the Lord has shown me how to do myself, for myself. And I've been doing it and it works. I'm rewriting my past, not changing it like like rewriting history like they do these days in school. Not like that. It's it's a whole other kind of rewriting. I'm rewriting it from the mindset that what, what mom said or dad did or sisters implied or stepdad said, what those were were nothing to do with me. So I'm able to rewrite it looking at it from their point of view, this was, this was her limiting belief,
2: mm-hmm. this was
1: her insecurity. This was his fear. This was his pain, right? Mm-hmm. It removes me from the equation. Yeah. Right. Which is so liberating. And what it also does is it gives me a greater depth of compassion for those who have done these things
2: mm-hmm. either to
1: me or near me to have such an impact on me, right? Yeah. It's amazing. And as I even go to the Lord and ask him to show me, what is this? Why is this? How is this? Help me see it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He, is not, he is not unfaithful. I will tell you that. He has given me, you you hear I'm I'm a picture person, right? So he gives me picture after picture after picture, and he'll tell me, because I'm also auditory, he'll tell me, You know, this she's a she's that same sixteen-year-old with no safe place to go, and I'm like, whoa, wow! I never saw it like that. Wow, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then heartbreaks and the whole new compassion and a whole different level of communicating with my mom because of that,
2: right? Mm -hmm.
1: And forgiveness begins, and with forgiveness. I'm no longer yoked and bound and chained and dragged around and jerked around by all of this old, whatever, offense,
2: mm-hmm.
1: whatever. It's not, yeah. about, me. Yeah, it's
2: not yeah. about
1: me. No, this is about me. <laughs> but it's for me in the sense that God wants to use it to make me a stronger person, not stronger, like stronger without him. So I don't need him, but stronger so that I'm more resilient Right. Mm-hmm. And this is where, you know, in one coaching program, you're not necessarily going to have in 12 weeks a, a resiliency per se. But that's something that happens over time Yeah, as you employ these principles, use these tools and live from this perspective, from the from the truth, from your real identity.
2: Mm hmm from the power of
1: the living God and knowing who he is and who you are and walking in that way. When you do that, boy, I tell you, there's all kinds of liberation that happens. All kinds of liberation. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. (laughs) It's exciting. It's hard to get me to shut up about stuff like this.
0: (laughs) And it's, it's exciting to see that passion and see that transformation in your own life. Like coming from a place so dark and so heavy and so grief stricken. And even with your grief now of losing the daughter that you thought you had, the daughter that you have had.
1: Um, Yeah. And all the hopes and plans and everything, grandchildren, all of it. Yeah. 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 And to be able to hold
0: that and also hold the peace and the light and the energy and the excitement to me. That's extremely beautiful.
1: It is beautiful and miraculous and nothing that I can do in and of myself.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Nothing, nothing there's there. I know because I tried, I tried for years. I tried decades. I tried, Mm -hmm. I've been a Christian 45 years, 41 of those years just barely trying to be victorious, but still trying and doing a lot of things in my own strength. But with submission, I'm telling you, it's not a weak thing. It's a very strong person who can choose to actively give up what they think is theirs Mm -hmm. (laughs) and what they think they deserve and what they think they want and exchange it for something that's even better. I liken it to having a a beautiful necklace of paste that looks like diamonds and wanting it so much because somebody gave it to me and it's so pretty. Well, I got a box right there that's got the real thing in it. Do I wanna hang onto this paste or do I want the real article? I want the real article. I don't want to live a fraudulent life. I don't want to live this, you know, disingenuous life, this inauthentic life. I want to be authentic and and I have been more and more and more authentic these last 4 years and I then it is shocking. Mm. <laughs> it's shocking and it's scary to some people. And I mean, some people the receiving end, it can be very scary. I mean, I had to actually search out a group of women who wouldn't be terrified and threatened by authenticity. Yeah, <laughs> because I was finding that even in my own Christian community, people I thought were strong believers and all in for that. They were great. So long as they had this position and I had this position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? But as the yeah. Lord's been leading me a little, bringing me higher and promoting me in, in other areas, just in who I am and my ministry. Um, yeah. That, that, that revealed a whole lot of stuff that was really shocking. And so, you know, a little bit of grief there on that end too. Mm-hmm. Um, and still able to let it go because I want, I don't want what's good. I want what's best. Yeah. Right. I don't want what's better. I want what's best. I don't want what I want. I want what he has because <laughs> okay. he has <laughs> what's best. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it's it's that less of me and more of him whole thing. Right. Because what he's been showing me, what's coming. I, can, I I cannot do that. I I cannot. I cannot do it in and of myself. I can't. I don't care how strong I think I am. There's no way I can do it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: No way. No. But I let it go. <laughs> let him lead the way. Let him carry the load. And just trust he's going to do exactly the way it's supposed to be. Um, it'll happen the way it happens. And when it happens, I just get to, I get to go for the ride. Yeah. Stand up. Speak up. Show up. And see what God will do. And it's going to be miraculous stuff. It already has been miraculous stuff. Amazing, mm-hmm. beautiful things.
0: Yeah, I'm hearing that.
1: I want more. I want more. So I'm so thankful that you you opened the opportunity to do this, my very first interview podcast. Um, because it is just the 1st Mm-hmm. It's just the first, and I and I already know that. That's so, awesome. it's amazing to me because there are people God wants to reach. He wants them to know Him at a level they they never have or never thought they could, and He wants them to be free.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: For people who are struggling with the, um, with that, all the disses. Uh, no, 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 not not oh. all the disses, but. Um for people who are struggling with that decision to let go of the, the fake mm-hmm. and reach for the real,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what advice would you give?
1: My advice would be to, to get really clear about what they want. What do they really want? If they really want paste, you know, this is how we're created free will Mm -hmm. you know, we can have that paste if if they just want, you know, little baubles, you can, they can have baubles, Mm -hmm. but I would encourage them to consider to just sit down and just allow themselves to entertain the idea that there is so much more, so much beauty, so much better and best. That they can't even imagine that God says that they're worthy of. And would they just be willing to ask him about it? Mm -hmm. If they'd be willing to just sit and honestly, not not tritely, not, you know, okay, well, I'll just sit for a minute. No, if they'd be willing to just literally, honestly sit down and say, Lord, I hear you have something better for me. Is that true? Mm -hmm. And if it is, would you somehow reveal that to me? And just sit there until they hear something, until they feel something, until they get their answer. And it can be a minute. It can be five minutes. It can be 20 minutes. We so often in this rushed world, even Christians, you know, you've heard the term quiet time, right? Quiet time, what does that mean? Does that mean I'm sitting here giving a laundry list of all my things that I want celestial Santa to, to bring me? Uh, no, <laughs> that's not quiet time. And what is prayer? You know, again, the laundry list, the mm-hmm. all this, the to-do list for my 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 honeydew God. And no, that's not what it is. Prayer time is communication it's just talking and listening. It's he wants relationship. That's what we're created for. Mm -hmm. And why we struggle so much to find our significance is because we are settling for, for things other than relationship with the one true God, the one who made us, the one who loves us, the one who loved us to death even, right? Mm -hmm. When we actually have quiet time. That means we get to allow for quiet <laughs> because in a relationship, we're not talking constantly. We stop and are quiet and we're quiet for the purpose of listening. All right, So it's not just sit there, be quiet, empty your mind. No, it's sit there and ask the Lord, what would you like to say to me today? And in the quiet time, you can even have your Bible there. The Bible is a love letter for you.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: You can ask him, and I do this on a regular basis. Lord, would you show me, Holy Spirit, what you want to talk to me about today? What you want to tell me today? Or I need some encouragement today. Would you show me? And I have oftentimes just opened the Bible and boom, right there it is. Mm -hmm. He speaks it to me. Or if I'm sitting just in silence, I can hear him talking to me. I'm asking him. I want him to show me. And sometimes he will give me that picture. I've got things I've drawn out. Pictures that he's given me, pictures of what the journey looks like ahead. Mm-hmm. I need to get somebody to actually draw that out because mine's my, a crude rendering, but <laughs> I would love to have it drawn out. Pictures of him putting things in place, Pictures of, a picture of me in the womb, literally, where he's, he's, he's wrapped around me like a big jelly cushion and protecting me while my father is beating my mother in the stomach.
0: Wow.
1: God is not far. And his hand isn't so short that it cannot save. And his ear is not so dull that it cannot hear. That's scripture. Mm -hmm. And when we call out to him and seek him, as the word says in spirit and in truth, it says that in the book of John, when we do that, he responds to us. He wants us to seek him with a whole heart. And when we do that, we'll find him. And that's in Jeremiah. Everybody quotes Jeremiah 29, 11. I love all the way to 13 and 14, okay? Because it talks about that. You will find me when you search for me with your whole heart. And so everything else, everything in this world, honey, is paste. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Everything in this world is just baubles. He's the real article. He's the gem. He's the treasure I found in the wilderness, And this is what he wants us to find. He wants us to find him because Mm -hmm. when we find him, we truly find out who we really are and we have hope and we have purpose and we get to go, man. We have authority. We have power that we never knew we had. So what if we scare a couple people? (laughs) (laughs) love even more of them. (laughs) Even the ones we scare, we still love them.
0: That's awesome. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah that's my encouragement to to everybody,
2: uh-huh. everybody.
1: Yeah. Whether you know Christ or not, everybody, that's a good exercise. Yeah. Yeah. Good reminders.
0: Thank you so much, Dottie. This has been amazing.
1: It has been amazing, Jenny. Thank you so much. You've been an amazing first interviewer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm so glad.
1: And I would love to come back anytime.
0: Wonderful. Anytime.
1: As a matter of fact, when I when I um when I complete my book, I'd love to be able to share that with you guys. Yeah, that
0: would be fantastic. What's your book on?
1: Finding yourself in the valley. Cool. Yeah, he he already gave me all the chapters and sub chapters and all kinds of good stuff like that. So, yep.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. That's one of them. <laughs> I hear you on that one. That's one of them, right? <laughs> and, it, and it might be a, the sort of thrival guide that I'm creating right now might actually be a companion piece to that because it, it hinges on that very and it stems from my experience. So I can see it as being a companion piece. So I'm mm. I'm, I'm looking at that possibility and how to how to join the two in a way that makes sense. Got it. Yeah.
0: So awesome.
1: Yeah. So if uh, if anybody wants to to talk more about this or if they want to find me, um, just go to www.aloftlifecoaching.com. Awesome. Because we come aloft to get better perspective because perspective matters, right?
0: That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Awesome.
0: Very cool. Um, so if you enjoyed this, join us next time when we meet Judith Field, a public speaking coach from Australia whose husband died by suicide. We'll learn more about her story and her grief adventure and how that has impacted her life. And more of my work can be found on my website, grievingcoach.com and LinkedIn, Jenny Diltz, um, hyphen grieving coach. So thank you for joining us and listening in. Until next time, have fun keeping on.
1: Keep on keeping on. Exactly. Thank you, Jenny.